It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We got to talk with top NBA draft prospects today, and one of them had something very, very flattering to say about Sam Presti, who's worked out for the Thunder as trade rumors heat up with the draft just a week away, and Lou Dort's name is all over the news, breaking down every aspect of that Lou Dort conversation, plus another NBA draft profile and projection, this time talking about Malachi Branham, of Ohio State University. Coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, media member and here chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we have another 2022 NBA draft profile giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is Malachi Branham plus... We talked to NBA draft prospects today, what they have to say about the OKC Thunder and Ludort trade rumors are heating up. What does that really mean for you uh, as we kind of sift through these Ludort trades? But today's show is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Lockdown is partnering with Arcade One Up to give away three free NBA Jam Shack machines. Stay tuned later in the show to learn how to enter and try to win these NBA Jam machines. Let's start with the prospect interviews. So, these NBA draft prospect interviews have happened for the last uh, couple of seasons. I've been in them for the last three years. Um, it's put on by NBA PR. It's done on Zoom. So these are not put on by individual teams. Some teams elect to do that. You see the Hornets do that. Uh, Portland does that. I believe Denver does that. Uh, teams like that do that. The Thunder do not do that. Uh, but NBA PR did make these players available to us and will continue to do so from now until Tuesday. Then they'll give, of course, uh, space to the prospects on Wednesday and Thursday as they prepare for the NBA draft. But uh, today we talked to Keegan Murray, Malachi Branham, Jabari Smith Jr., and uh, Benedict Matherin. Friday, we're going to talk with Shaden Sharp, Akai Baji, and Paulo Bencaro. Of course, all names very interesting to OKC. They've all been in OKC at one point uh, in this pre-draft process. Monday, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, A.J. Griffin, Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, and Chet Holmgren We'll all talk to the media. And then Tuesday, it's Dyson Daniels Day to talk with those of us in the media. More prospects can be added and also taken away based on scheduling conflicts. For example, Paul Bencaro was not on the original schedule, but late last night he was added to the Friday docket. Same with Malachi Branham added to the uh, Thursday docket late last night. So it's just kind of seeing if these players can have you know have time in their schedule to work out uh, with uh, the Zoom and and kind of, I talked to those of us in the media. So here's what we learned. Jabari Smith Jr., 
He said that Sam Presti, quote, wants to get back to the to the days of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook for the team and that he thinks that it's going in the right direction and everyone around OKC is very high on where the team is going. That is great to hear. It's great to hear from, you know, Chet Holmgren or from Jabari Smith Jr. or any of these other top prospects that they want to come here. There's, there's been plenty of top prospects this draft cycle who have made it clear that they want to be an OKC. Shaden Sharp, another name. You'd rather have that be happening than what's happening in Sacramento, where you have Jaden Ivey, the clear-cut guy at four, saying he does not want to be a king who, who controls the fourth overall pick. So you'd, you'd prefer them to talk the way that they're talking about the Thunder if you were to choose. And so it's great that Jabari Smith Jr. has all these great things to say. He said that his OKC workout consisted of him playing off ball and attacking closeouts. He said he, he envisions himself to fit great alongside Josh Giddy and SGA, and he loves Sam Pressy's vision for the team. He said that Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, was in OKC from June 12th through the 15th. That's important to note as well. That's a, that's a long workout uh, for Jabari Smith Jr. He met the coaching staff. Uh, he met with Sam Presti. They they all kind of got along there. And the reason why he said he he did not work out with any other team and will not work out with any other team besides the Magic and the Thunder was because he doesn't envision himself falling past two. That is a pretty bold statement to make. Uh, we went over this at the time whenever he said that to the Orlando media and played it on this podcast, the clip of him saying that. But now he said it to everybody that he's not going to work out with other teams it's just OKC and just Orlando because he doesn't seem self falling past two. That's very interesting. Obviously, him and his agent believe that there's not a shot he falls past two or else they'd be kind of building these bridges with other teams. Let's face it. It would be quite embarrassing if you publicly say this and then fall past two. So there has to be assurance there, in my opinion, again, opinion, in my opinion, there has to be assurance there that you're not going to go past two. Maybe it's not from the Thunder, maybe it's from Orlando, but it's a pretty bold statement to make. If you're not a hundred percent sure you're not going to go to three uh, to Houston. So that's just kind of where that's at. He reiterated that same fact in this media presser as well. As far as his envisionment of the, of the future, if he were to go to OKC, I love it. I, I, I love his fit in OKC. You can go back and listen to the player profile projection for him. The whole podcast is about him and the whole podcast is me loving him up. Not only is he my number one prospect in the entire draft for anybody, but he's my number one overall prospect for the Thunder as well because I just think that his fit is so flawless next to Josh Giddey and SGA. He agrees. So Jabbar Smith Jr. continues to be number, my number one. He's been that way for a long time. Uh, that's the one of the only spots that hasn't changed in this pre-draft process since the uh, you know combine and workouts and things like that. So uh, Jabbar Smith Jr. has been in OKC. He confirmed it 12th through the 15th. We saw those pictures online of him at the airport. So we knew he was in OKC, but he expanded upon that. And it's great that... Sam Presti, of course, is sharing a bit of his vision with these prospects and they're buying into it and they're liking what they're what they're building here in OKC. Uh, Malachi Branham, who we're going to talk about coming up in our player profile, he said that the feedback from OKC was good. He talked with all the coaches. Uh, he thinks that he fits well with this young core. Keegan Murray has worked out for OKC as well. Uh, he said he feeds off a good point guard play, so that's why he loves the idea of coming to OKC. Of course, the Thunder have Josh Giddy one of the best playmakers, and then, of course, they have SGA, who's a really good point guard as well. The funny thing that happened at Keegan Murray's interview is that he name-dropped Josh Giddy and Isaiah Roby as his two guys that he looks forward to playing with with the Thunder if that were to happen. Uh, obviously, it's funny to those of us in OKC, but but for him, 
know, he's just kind of in the spur of the moment. You're getting, you're getting lambasted with questions on zoom and, uh, Clementine, um, Clemente Amanza from Thunderwire and the Norman transcript, um, DM'd Isaiah Roby on Twitter and Roby confirmed that they had been working out this summer. So Roby fresh on the mind, your pals, you're working out with them. He plays in OKC. They ask you if you're excited to play in OKC, you just regurgitate Josh Giddy and Isaiah Roby. Uh, it, it's, it's a common thing that happens. And, you know, of course they have that relationship. Uh, Benny Matherin, he only has worked out so far for the Pistons, Pacers, and Blazers, but he's open to do more if teams reach out. He also, of course, has a relationship with Lou Dort, having been from Montreal uh, and all that jazz. He said that the player he's most looking forward to playing against is Lou Dort because they haven't actually gotten the chance of playing each other, each other all that often. And he says that Lou Dort always calls him little bro. Like he's always saying, like talking to Benedict Matherin saying, what's up, little bro, and things like that. And Benedict Matherin said he wants to show Lou Dort who little bro truly is uh, and, that, and that Benedict Matherin is big bro in that relationship. So we'll see. That'll be very fun uh, to see how that all transpires. But that's what Benedict Matherin had to say. That's what these prospects had to say. Again, thank you to NBA PR for letting us all in there and setting that all up. And, of course, we'll have many more um, reports and stories about these things coming out as they happen. You can follow along live on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles on Twitter. I'll be tweeting out everything that we're hearing on these Zooms from these prospects. It's a lot of fun uh, to just kind of get to know them a bit. Uh, Usman Dieng also did participate in a interview as well today, uh, but he just said he's a versatile player and that he watches Luca and Kevin Durant and Brandon Ingram as well. He thinks he's very versatile, can fit with any team. However, he did not share who he worked out with or talked to. That's a very common stance for um, prospects to have. In fact, the fact that we got to talk to all these prospects and the vast majority of them actually told us the list of teams is not normal. It is very shocking and it was very fortunate, but he was the only one today that did not want to share who he's worked out with or talked to. Uh, so we don't know on that front from Malachi Branham, if he's talked to OKC or not. So he did talk. I mean, I should say, we don't know from Usman Jiang if he's talked to OKC or not. We do know that Malachi Branham has talked to OKC. Uh, Usman Jiang decided to not tell us who he's talked to at all. And so we'll see kind of where his draft position does fall. Uh, so again, we'll talk to more prospects tomorrow. And then coming up, let's talk about Ludort's trade, you know, kind of rumors intensifying. Let's break down these rumors to a very, very fundamental place and cover it from top to bottom. But first, I want to tell you right now, the better good friends over at Built Bar, folks. Built Bar, get this, is incredible. You know how our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with these amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built Bar has truly outdone themselves with this new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Bill is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both the bars and the puffs. Not sure what mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this because the new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered together, 100% real chocolate topped in cookies and cream crumble. It is incredible. They sent all of our hosts a box here at Locked On. We all love it. Check it out today at built.com, promo code LOCK15. If you're still not convinced, folks, listen to this. Built Bar's low-calorie, high-protein, and low-sugar. The mud pie is packed with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories for all that chocolate and only 8 grams of sugar for all that whipped cream, chocolate, and cookies and cream crumble. It's like your mom baked the most delicious, creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up for you. It's just for you. It's so good. Uh, again, Built Bars can be great pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Make sure you check them out today. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. 
built.com promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. We have a very important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you. So make your Locked On podcast even better by checking our listener survey. This is an opportunity for you to tell us what you like and dislike right now about the Locked On Podcast Network. So go right now to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey and get started. It will not take very long and everyone who completes the survey can qualify if they win for a $100 Ticketmaster gift card. So Take the audience survey, go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. And now it's time to discuss Ludort. The Ludort trade talk is intensifying. We talked about this a bit yesterday as well. But this morning, Jake Fisher added fuel to the fire by saying that Portland would like to trade down from 7 to 12 in a package that would include Ludort. Uh, this mixed with Jonathan Giovanni throwing Ludort's name into that article about trading up to, with Florida Sacramento had everyone, including myself, in a frenzy on Twitter. And then Jake Fisher and then, of course, went on his call-in show app thing and uh, talked about how, of course, this was just all driven by Portland and not by OKC. Portland has been kind of spearheading the, these talks and not OKC. And that is consistent with what I have heard as well. Uh, I showed a example of how in, back in November 2021, I heard that, you know, Ludor is being tossed around but it, of course, was not anything from the Thunder. Therefore, I didn't feel comfortable saying it at the time because it's not from the Thunder. And it never has been from the Thunder. Uh, and it never will be from the Thunder, obviously. So um, this has been smoke behind the scenes for a very long time. That's the only point of sharing that story from November is just to show you there's been a lot of smoke around this for a very long time and still nothing's come of it. But I can't just I can't just get up here and dismiss it as as false because of the smoke that we've heard since even you know November. And I'm sure that people have heard about this from longer than I have. So, the, I mean, I first heard about it in November. So I just imagine what the true insiders, uh, you know, have have heard um, before that. So the thing here with the Ludor trade. Let's just take it for now. We know that Portland and the Kings package, right? For Portland, it'd be 12 and Dort for seven. For the Kings, it'd be Dort and 12 and stuff for four. To me, there has to be a middle ground, right? Because I said yesterday, I don't really think that Lou Dort, while he is the most valuable asset the Thunder have that they'd be willing to part with, I don't think that that value is good enough for four. 
but I also think that the value is too good for seven, right? So it would depend what happens. If you trade Lou Dort and 12 for seven, and then you select the player at seven, uh, hopefully it'd be Jaden, I mean, hopefully it'd be Shaden Sharp because you're not going to get Jaden Ivey and Shaden Sharp does have star potential. The bottom line is, if you trade Lou Dort in 12 for seven and you select at seven, you've then given away Lou Dort for whatever value that you believe Lou Dort has. Plus, you've given a pick away that I think holds value and I think will get a very good player. And I think we'll get a player that's very comparable to the player that you can get at seven. So the only real way that you come out clear winners in a trade that is just simply Dort 12 for seven and picking at seven is if that seventh overall pick becomes a star. He's better than the value of Dort in 12, you know, that, right? Now, you can argue about Lou Dort's contract situation, you can argue about roster spots, whatever, but that's really one of the only ways that you come out truly ahead. Now, if you trade Lou Dort in 12 for 7 tomorrow, let's say it gets done Friday. Let's just say it does, hypothetically. And then on draft night, you turn 7 plus future assets to 4. Well, then it's a whole different conversation. Then it's a whole new ball game, right? Because now you've you've turned Lou Dort in 12 into Jaden Ivey. Into a guy that some organizations have in, in their top three, even ahead of the consensus top three that you've seen publicly. Into a guy who could be one of the best players in this class. And while Shaden Sharp still has that high of ceiling, there's a much lower floor than Jaden Ivey. He's, it's a much bigger risk. So it is an inherent risk to trade 12 and Dort for seven because you're giving away a, a good player in the NBA now who's a, who's one of the best defenders that you can find in the on the perimeter plus a good player at 12. I think that there's going to be a good player available at 12. I've been going over the spiel for the last month. I think at 12, you're going to have to have somebody fall there like a Johnny Davis, like a Benedict Mather, and like a A.J. Griffin, like a Duran. They all can't go in the top 10. There's not enough slots, right? Because we're already wiping out at least four for Paolo, Chet, Jabari, and then Ivy. Those four for sure are going to go. It looks like we're wiping out five because Keegan Murray's a lock to go top five, it appears. So now we're wiping out five slots before we even get to the toss-up names, right? Not to mention a draft day surprise that we're not even we're not even seeing coming right now, et cetera, et cetera. So someone has to fall to 12. So you're giving up a guy who I like at 12 plus Dort for seven. That's very you know, inherent risk, right? So it depends how this all unfolds. It depends how this all looks. But I think that there's some middle ground between just trading Dort and 12 for seven and then trading Dort and 12 for four, right? Four seems like it's going to be too lofty of an expectation. Seven seems like maybe you could get a bit more for 12 and Dort. And we'll see how this all plays out. What I think will happen is Lou Dort does not get moved. However, you should buckle up. You should be prepared for anything to happen because there's a lot of smoke around this. And when there's smoke, there's typically fire sometimes. And of course, no matter what gets, whenever, what, what happens, if Ludort's traded for seven and they pick at seven, or if Ludort's traded in a package that eventually gets them four, or if Ludort's not traded at all, or, or whatever happens with the Ludort scenario, whatever happens on draft night, whatever happens this off season, we're all going to throw our hands up and say, well, you know, Sam Pressy's the best at this. And he is, and he deserves that respect. And he deserves that trust in him to run this franchise. He gets paid to evaluate talent. I, I don't, I get paid to talk about basketball, right? So Presti knows more than I do. I'm just saying projecting there is a risk in this and that 
saying there's a risk isn't really going out on a limb. It's not a hot take to say, hey, it's a risk. Now, it could pay off, but it could not. Therefore, it's a risk. Now, let's talk about how good Lou Dort truly is. Because there is this inherent nature of fans and even media who are close to the team, covering the team every day, talking to these guys, to overvalue the guys that are already here. Because you watch them play two times a year. You don't watch X player play two times a year. You watch your guy play eight times a year. You know the backstory. You know his friendships from the locker room. You know his um, kind of personality. You rally around him. You're rooting for him. You've watched Ludort grow from an undrafted guy to a two-way guy to someone so indispensable they had to convert to a standard NBA deal to now a guy who locked up James Harden in the playoffs to now a guy who solidified himself in the NBA. You've watched him grow his whole time, and that's coincided with a budding friendship with SGA that's turned into something that we can all rally around their friendship and the funny pictures of them holding hands, getting the COVID shot, things like that. We all love Lou Dorr, but it's important to try to not overvalue somebody just because he's on your team. So how good is Lou Dorr? I, I think he's truly one of the better defenders you're going to find on the perimeter. I think that that's true. You dig deeper though, his overall three-point shot in his career, this is going to be rookie year to current year this whole time. Overall three-point shot goes 30%, 35%, 33%. From the corner three in his career, goes 31% to 46% to 43%. From the non-corner threes, it goes 29% to 33% to 31%. Now, as a team gets better and better, as you build a team that wants to win, as you build a team around him, you cut out the majority of those non-corner threes, Therefore, his three-point shot goes up because he's taking more corner threes and less non-corner threes, which he's actually good at. In the mid-range, it goes 17%, 32%, 42%. At the rim, it goes 55%, 51%, 55%. So he still has not improved at the rim yet, and that's been what we've been harping on for three seasons. And despite his point guard background, I don't think he'll ever be much of a ball handler in the NBA in terms of being a ball handler that can create for himself and others. He did find a rhythm in the mid-range this year uh, at 42%. And a lot of that came off of the dribble, came off of even step-backs at times in the mid-range. Uh, really good for him. But I still don't think that he'll ever be a true plus ball handler at the NBA level. It's very hard to do. He is 23 years old. He does need a new contract. Uh, and it's an interesting balance, right, of not overvaluing your guy just because he's your guy right now. So that's kind of the scoop on Lou Dort. And it comes down to you know, how you want to evaluate the risk reward factor. To me, risk reward of trading Dort and 12 to eventually land J90, worth it. Doing it to eventually land Jeremy Sohan or eventually land, you know, whoever, we'll have to wait and see, right? We'll have to wait and see what the package actually is. But again, to me, if I had to bet money right now, Ludor is on this team in October. If I, if you force me to put my next paycheck on what's going to happen come October, I think that Ludor will be in OKC. It's just too loud and too much of a speculation, too much smoke to ignore anymore. So let's let's talk about my, uh, Malachi Bram coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Arcade One Up, folks. Arcade One Up is fantastic because boom shakalaka, we have big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader at home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever. It's well worth it. It's the Shaq Edition machine. Folks, people are obsessed with NBA Jam. And I'm thrilled to tell all our listeners that you can once again play 
hoops with NBA legends in the arcade classic, jumping across the court, setting the ball on fire. It's one of the first sport games ever to feature real digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no threes, and no quarters required. Compete with friends and family throughout our all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making your connection even better than ever. So pre-order from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade1Up.com. For an estimated early September ship date, Arcade1Up is the best place for fun. They've got even more classes like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and others starting at just $3.99. Check this out. We're also going to be giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win the game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Do not miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with with the arcade one-up machine? No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Folks, the first pick of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft has been made Search the Ultimate Mock Draft wherever you get your podcast from for our 50 insiders and including Odyssey experts, former players, former executives for the Ultimate Mock Draft. You will not want to miss it. It starts right now. Make it your second listen. The Ultimate Mock Draft is all of our locked on hosts acting as GMs for the teams we cover, making selections, making trades, and then we're graded by our moves by former executives, former players, and insiders of the NBA draft. So it's very fun. Check out the ultimate mock draft right now to hear who we picked with the second overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Want to do a player profile projection on Malachi Branham. He's 6'5", 195. He's 6'10", 19 years old from Ohio State. He's a very versatile scorer. He can play great defense. His strengths and weaknesses. Let's get into it. Strengths. I love his on-ball defense. He's a menace defensively on ball. His length, his ability to use his frame to match up with bigger guys than him, and his understanding of when to gamble in the passing lanes and when to swipe at the ball. Uh, Gambling on defense makes him fun to watch. He understands the risk-reward factor and what situations to do it in versus what scenarios to not do it in. Really like that from him. A really great score to me at all three levels. He shot 42% from three this year. I think he's a really good mid-range and even post-game as a guard and can really duck his head down and drive at the rim and finish through contact. Uh, his ball his ball handling is going to help him create scoring opportunities for himself. Uh, I love his shot mechanics. I think that he projects to be a really good catch-and-shoot shooter as well as a really good shooter off the bounce. That's big as well. In the second half of the season, when he got more opportunity, he looked awesome. So you have to wonder what a full season looks like. And as a cherry on top of these strengths, I've heard that he's dominating 
the pre-draft process from the workouts to interviews, everything in between He is dominating right now. These pre-draft workouts and process um, the weaknesses of his game. I don't think that he can create for others. I don't think that he'll be a playmaker. I think there'll be a play finisher. And, and so that's a weakness in general, but for OKC, not as much considering that they have a ton of playmakers on their roster already. Um, and then there's the inherent nature of, well, he only shot um, 42% from three on 80 attempts and he's only done it one season. was not much of a three-point shooter uh, in the AAU high school circuit. Um, yeah, but he shot 82% from the free throw line, right? So every indication that we have from the three-point line shooting 42%, from the free, from the free throw line shooting 82%, Everything we have shows he has a good shot mechanics, good shooting touch, and can shoot the basketball. So I'm going to buy into it, right? Because even if our guys shoot poorly from three, if they shoot 70 plus from the line, people allow them to um, grow into being a shooter. We have a guy right here who shoots 42% from three and shoots 82% at the line. I, I don't question the jump shot, especially whenever it looks as pretty as Branham says. Now, if it was an ugly jump shot, um, maybe I'd give that more credence. But to me, it's technically a weakness for him, but I, I don't buy it. Where's Malachi Brenham available at? The Ringer has him at 14, ESPN at 13, Athletic at 16, Leecher Report at 11, CBS has three panelists, 14, 14, 16. NBC has him at 17, DraftNet at 14, Tankathon at 22. I have him at 14, and then Mavs Draft has him at 12. So anywhere from 22 to 11 is where you see his range. His ceiling and floor to me. I think that Malachi Brenham's ceiling is the fourth or fifth best starter that really helps you score while also helping you switch defensively and play modern basketball on both ends of the floor. His floor to me is a nice bench score who can shut down the other team's sixth man. NBA comps. Kevin O'Connor says that he has shades of Chris Middleton and Karis Levert. Let's talk about how Malachi Branham fits with the thunder. His future role in OKC to me is a starter, um, but rotational fit right away. Maybe not. Like maybe right away, like in terms of October 15th or whenever they start this season next year, does he start over a combination of SGA, Giddy, Dort, second overall pick, and Basil? Like does he immediately crack that starting group? Um, I, I don't think so. Roster impact, again, Ty Jerome, Taylor Malvon, those guys would be bumped down and bumped out um, if you select the guy like Malachi Brenham, in my opinion. Why the Thunder should take him? Because he's blown them away in the pre-draft process. He's flying up draft boards because of it. Uh, and again, he's a really good player. I mean, he can score, he can defend. That's really good value for pick 12. Why they shouldn't take him, again, even though it's really good value for, for pick 12, in this specific draft, you're, I think you're going to see a guy like Johnny Davis or a guy like Ben McMatherin or A.J. Griffin or somebody be available at 12. One of the names that we don't expect to be there, I think will be there. And so if, if they are, then I think that that holds more value than Malachi Branham does. And so at 12, you're kind of in that tweener spot for Malachi Branham. But I do like him. I do think I'll have a successful NBA career. And that is your player profile, Malachi Branham. On tomorrow's show, we're going to have another NBA draft profile. We're going to recap the interviews from the day, from our prospect interviews. And then I'm sure we'll have even more smoke to discuss and sift through as we wait for the NBA draft to occur. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube to the Lockdown Thunder podcast, your teams every day. And until tomorrow, I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.